Welcome to University, a podcast for young people navigating life's big transitions. I'm Anne-Marie Ciresso, your host. On University, you'll hear stories from college students. You'll get tips from experts. And occasionally, you'll hear from a parent's perspective on how to manage this time of change in your life consciously. Find yourself. Find your purpose. Find your people and pursue you fearlessly. We are back with Emma Sislowski. In part one, Emma shares her struggle with anxiety and depression. Today we're back celebrating how she used her experience with anxiety to get to know herself better, to shift and to become a more honest, authentic expression of her true authentic self. On this episode, we talk about coming out, about being kind to yourself, and what it really means to be happy and successful. And Emma shares advice for after graduation and her formula for how to make time for your passions while still working a day job. So, okay. So now we're talking all about your music and your art, but you're working for CNN at, at a podcast. So take us through, like, how did you um, end up doing what you're doing now with your work and like what you were studying English? So yeah, take us quickly through all that. Yeah. So sophomore year, Sophomore year decided like, I wanted to make a change. I wasn't really loving the English major anymore um, and switched into journalism, which felt like English major with a purpose, like topics to write about about the real world. Um, and was um, I was really involved with the radio station and I realized that that was journalism. My mentor in the radio station, um, Professor Ann Donahue, um, really like gave me this love of radio and love of podcasting. And I realized like that had been kind of there all along. I went to Jewish overnight camp in Wisconsin, Camp Shy, and there was a radio station there and I loved doing that. I would like run around with a tape recorder when I was little on the playground. So it's like, okay, this piece of me has always been there. The kind of like investigative, wanting to get the story, um, documentarian kind of person. And so uh, journalism was really hard at first. It was really writing based at first. They kind of start everyone with this like diet of, writing articles, kind of these quick articles. And um, then I found radio and started taking radio classes. And I was like, okay, this is it. I had my first radio internship at um, a CBS affiliate station in Boston, um, working with Lori Kirby, who's um, an amazing journalist. And she kind of took me under her wing and we produced audio stories together. And that was so rewarding. And um, I never thought I would enjoy being in a newsroom, but producing local news stories for Boston was like so fun, such a great community in that newsroom. Um, and so I knew I wanted to continue with podcasting. Um, and I, I think it's important to note, like it's not linear. So you have this big news internship. Um, the, the goal isn't like get an even better one next time. It's like, just keep gathering these experiences. So I ended up like working at a folk venue next. Um, and while I was there, I was like, okay, how do I make the most of this? So I produced a podcast for them um, interviewing artists that would come into the venue, um, kind of before the show and saying like, what's your process? How do you, like, how long have you been making music? What do you love about music? So I was integrating podcasting into like the worlds I love, which is music. Um, then the next internship was interning at CNN. The day after the internship ended, I was brought on as a freelance PA and I've been in that role since. And you're loving it. Yeah, I am. I mean, music is my true love, but as far as um, day jobs go while you're trying to pursue your music, this one is pretty great. 
Yeah, it sounds to me like there's a lot of students I know who've um, graduated and they're sort of fumbling around like, what do I want to do? I really want to find that thing I love to do that I'm passionate about, but doesn't necessarily pay my bills or, you know, whatever's occurring around all that. And so they have to take another job to make it occur for them. But it sounds like you've really, you kind of are loving everything of what you're doing right now. Yeah, I think I always say like, it's really nice that I have podcasting and journalism in that world because when music gets overwhelming or I'm a little sick of it, I'm like, okay, I have this other passion of mine. And then when that gets overwhelming and annoying and we get sick of it, I always have music to come back to. Like I always feel very lucky to have music. Yeah, it's super, it's a really great situation. And I appreciate the way you merged music into the podcasting to the best of your ability or use the podcasting to um, you know, develop your interests in a, in a more personal way. That's totally, that's awesome. Yeah. So tell us, um, you know, if you were to talk to a student now who's just starting freshman year, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd have for them? Oh my God, be kind to yourself is always my advice. Um, I feel like I was really hard on myself freshman year, um, especially with social media. I know we're always like, especially with social media, but you're looking at your friends at other schools, perhaps different schools than yours, posting their best moments or what appears to be their best moments. And you're constantly comparing. You're like, am I having as fun as them? Am I on the right path? Um, Are these friends I'm making freshman year like going to last? And it's like, all we can do is be kind to ourselves, check in with ourselves. Um, you're going to have fun moments freshman year, not fun moments. Like it's just the reality of it. And um, you're making a jump from living, uh, probably living at home, going to high school for, from like 745 to 345. This is a big change. You have a lot of spare time. You don't know what to do with when you first get to college. You um, have a roommate you may or may not like. Um, you have these like kind of convenience freshman year friends that start to go away as you meet your new friends and that's hard to navigate. Um, cause in high school, like, I feel like the friend groups kind of just like everyone's in this like one big building together. So mm-hmm. it's like not, you can't really escape people the way you can in college. So just being kind to yourself through that whole process, I feel like is my biggest piece of advice. I think that's such a beautiful and simple piece of advice. It is true. Be kind to yourself. I mean, it's what my therapist says at the end of every session. She's like, all right, Emma, see you next week. And remember, be kind to yourself this week. And I was like, like mind blown, like mind blown the minute I realized like I deserved kindness for myself. Like when you're in a really bad headspace, you're like, well, why should I be kind to myself? I'm the worst, you know? But then once you're like, oh, actually I'm pretty cool. Yeah, I will be kind to myself. I mean, the the biggest mind blown I was is when I was like saying all this negative stuff about myself. And my therapist was like, you, would you ever say this to your sister? And I was mm-hmm. immediately burst into tears. It's like, no. And, and let's not talk to ourselves the way, let's talk to ourselves the way we would talk to someone we really love, like our sisters, at least for me, that's someone I really love. It's true. I sometimes have students I work with um, create bitmojis of their mean self, of that like that's awesome. nasty voice. And so you have it. And sometimes I have them like keep it on their screensaver on their phone. I'm like, okay, create a bitmoji of that one. Put it on a screensaver and remind yourself of like how mean that one is. And like create a bitmoji of your little small self, like your best friend or your sister. And how would you, I say the same thing. How would you talk to that one? What would you say if that mean one was coming in? And we all have it. It's just, rem- but it's hard to separate ourselves in the moment when that, that mean one's coming. So really like, 
building that muscle of, of kindness is so important. And by the way, when we learn to be kind to ourselves, I don't know if you found this, don't you find it's easier to be kind to others? Yeah. I mean, you feel less competition with other people. Um, I feel like a big source of my anxiety was just like the whole comparison game. And so when you don't feel threatened by other people, it's really easier to be kind. I mean, when you realize there's space for all of us to do our thing, mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to kind of ice people out in the same way you would if you were threatened by them or intimidated by them. That's so true. Okay. So another big thing that happened in your um, college career is that you recently came out as gay. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. When did that happen? How did it occur? Why then? Can you take us through that a little bit? So this like didn't, ha- this happened after college actually. Um, oh, it did. Okay. Yeah. So kind of went through college. How long did you know? Um, <laughs> that's the magic question, isn't it? I, I don't really know. I feel like it was like always kind of like an under the surface thing. I always joke, like, it's hard to tell if you're gay when you're in like, the arts because like everyone is just pretty gay like you know like (laughs) things are said like everyone is hot like you'd see like a performer on stage and regardless of gender would be like oh they're hot they're killing it like Mm -hmm. they're so hot and you're like oh very straight to call a girl hot I guess everyone's doing it and so um (laughs) was kind of like end 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 of college like questioning but not really doing anything about it I love a lot of queer friends um, moved back home after college and like was with a girl for the first time, like seriously, it was, it was like my own choice. It wasn't like a joke. It wasn't a dare. It wasn't like, and I was like, okay, uh Oh, like I, I freaked the fuck out. I, I really didn't know what to do. Um, <laughs> and this, the seed was planted. I think when a close friend of mine called me on coming out day and was like, Hey, like I'm gay. And she was like, remember all those talks we had in high school about how we like really had a hard time with boys and didn't know why this is why for me. And I was like, (laughs) oh shit, probably why for me too. Um, So it never occurred to you before that? No, like little thoughts. It's like weird. Like every gay person I know like has dealt with this. It's like compulsive heteronormativity when you just like are straight because that's what you do. Like I had gay family members. I had tons of gay friends. It, it was like, even if it's like a safe environment for you to come out, like it still doesn't like, it doesn't really occur to you to explore that because like- You're sort of conditioned. You're conditioned, idea. totally conditioned. Yeah. Um, so a year after that seed was planted-ish, give or take, I kind of like realized this was a part of me. Um, then kind of went the other way and was like seeing exclusively boys for a while. Um, and the last boy I was kind of with um, also- was queer and we talked a lot about it and I was like okay okay this is like part of my identity I'm accepting then when I moved to New York I like always say like I gave myself permission to be gay I was like okay we're not in a place you went to college or a place you grew up and had a bunch of embarrassing moments we're in this like third kind of magical place New York and it's not even about it being New York I feel like the third magical place could literally be like Canada (laughs) but it's a place that's untouched by the past so I was like okay here, here we go. Like, and and since moving to New York, I like first came out as like bi or queer. Um, and I do think sexuality is like, so on a spectrum. Um, I think there's a lot of gatekeeping within the queer community too. Like people want answers. People like, so what are you, what are Mm -hmm. you? And like for me too. And when I first started dating here and I would tell people that I was like, 
new. I remember this one girl was like, it worries me how new you are. And it's like, okay, well, if, you, if this community that I'm, I'm trying to get to know and date is not even going to let me in, then how, how am I expected to ever like not be the baby? Yes. The, you know? Um, so it, it just like took meeting the right people. Um, and it's been like about a, a year or it hasn't even been a year. Yeah, it's been over a year now I like officially came out, but like kind of came out to myself January, 2018. And so, um, you know, that whole process, like I feel a lot more comfortable in my skin. And so that's where I'm at now. Like, I feel like gay is like the easiest kind of catch all term to describe what I am. Um, I like 99% like women, but then I think about like growing up, I did really like boys. So what is that? Does that count? Kind of like hard to play that game with yourself. Um, well, one of the things you said earlier, um, I I have a belief that we're attracted to energy and not gender necessarily. And that's just sure. my like running belief. And you said um, that person on stage is hot. And the thought I had was like, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't matter if it was like an appearing female or an appearing male. Like what's hot is they're fully alive. They're They're fully in their genius. They're like, they're their fullest, most vibrant selves, right? Like a star, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And, and that's attractive. Like, right. That's, you're, we are attracted to that as human beings. Well, like the really confusing thing is I think like there were a lot of like male actors and musicians. Like I had a huge crush on my friend who played saxophone, jazz saxophone in high school. And I like, think I just like thought he was a great performer and a great friend to me. And I think I confused that for what liking someone was because I was like, this must be it. I like found myself crushing on a lot of guy friends growing up because I was like, well, this must be it, this closeness I feel. And it's like, no, you that's, it's just closeness. Like <laughs> that's, that's all you're feeling. And I know like a lot of gay girls that like still today are like, oh, Sean Mendes is so hot. Nick Jonas is so hot. <laughs> Joe Jonas is so hot. Joe <laughs> Jonas is like really <laughs> um, lesbian icon number one. People, there's like jokes <laughs> online that like Joe Jonas kind of looks like a lesbian if you squint your eyes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> basically it, it's weird kind of reconciling like, okay, I love women and d- dating them. And that's like my preference, but like, I think guys are hot. Well, especially when you live in a world that's like trying to put you in a box. And so um, learning to be kind with myself during that process too. Um, and it's, it's like an everyday thing. There's like, we have to unlearn our, our own gatekeeping too. Kind of when I came into myself as someone who was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I, I just like girls and gonna end up with a girl. It's like, okay, well you have to treat um, a bi person who is a girl who's dating a man right now who has who loves women also, like treat them with the same respect you would treat someone who only likes women or only likes men or whatever. And to your earlier point, um, we don't really necessarily even need to live in a box. Like today could be a woman, tomorrow could be a man. Like who knows, like whatever it is in the moment. But I do think it's true that we like to be in boxes. We like to know like, okay, who are you? So I know who I am in relationship to you. Sure. Totally. Um, Yeah. That is the most true thing I've ever heard. Like I remember when I was anxious and depressed, I kept asking like, what do I have? What is it? What am I, what's my diagnosis? Like I need to know. And it's like, well, you like are anxious, you have anxious thoughts and depressive thoughts. And I was like, okay, so let's, let's open up the DSM five or whatever. Like, what do I got? What's, what's my, what's my diagnosis? And it's like, 
we hate being in the gray area, right? Like we hate it so much. I hate it so much. Um, something I'm learning to be okay with. And like sexuality is the epitome of the gray area for a lot oh, yeah. of people. We're such control freaks. Like, oh we, yeah, we want to control everything. And we think if we know and have all these answers and create these boxes that it creates some sort of security and knowledge and control over our lives. And it's totally not true. Mm-hmm. We're all living in the unknown all the time, every minute. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you and I don't know what's going to happen in the next 30 seconds in this conversation. I mean, don't. Yeah. Totally. So it, it's this idea of really getting comfortable with not knowing and in our addiction to trying to control our lives. If we can just free ourselves. Like and how- then we do weird things when we try to control. Like I, one of my weird anxiety thoughts was like, okay, um, if there are no mini M&Ms at the ice cream and in the dining hall, you're going to have a bad day. And like, there was like a, a week, <laughs> there was like a week where there were no mini M&Ms and then it becomes like the self-fulfilling prophecy. We're like, okay, the M&Ms told the future. I'm going to have a bad <laughs> week. But what's really happening is your brain is like, let's pick one thing and try to control our lives. Let's pretend we're mind readers. And then what's happening is you think you're going to have a bad week. So you do. So we do such weird things to try to get a little bit of control, whether it's like our food or what we wear or, um, our thoughts. I don't know. I even do this. I'm like, if the train, con- if the next train that comes is the one I need, then blah, 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 blah. It's like, it feels I very I used to do this psycho. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it all the time. I'd yeah. be looking for a sign out there. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if this happens, then I should do this. Totally. Yeah. But like universe is not sending you three trains uptown uh, to tell you anything. No. <laughs> the takeaways do not rely on the New York public transit system for anything uh for let alone let alone psychic messages for sure <laughs> but what's true is you can't actually you can't control the messages the universe sends you but you can pay attention like like earlier when i said um so what if no one shows up and it gets canceled like that's the universe sending you a message go move here try this sure um, versus like looking for the universe to send us a message. But I, I'm a true believer in everything happens for a reason. And we are all divinely appointed to each one of our circumstances to gently nudge us along our path in the most friendly way possible. I have a hard time believing that when it comes to like great tragedy. Like we lost my uncle very suddenly and tragically in a train accident after like summer of my freshman year. So it's hard for me to be like, well, that happened for a reason. It's like, mm, what was the reason there? Because it really upset everyone in my family and left my cousins without a dad and my aunt without a husband. You know what I mean? So it's like, what's the meaning behind that? But, um, that's the great existential question. And yeah, it's like, it's, and we can, we can have a whole podcast conversation on that, which actually sounds fun, but yeah, that makes like when we're suffering and really in a lot of pain around something that we don't like what has happened, it makes right. total sense for us to put, resist that. Like my mom not. is, yeah, my mom is like doing that. She's like thinking a lot about the death of her mom um, and kind of how it happened really suddenly and kind of trying to find the reasons behind why that could have been. Like, why did you lose someone you love so suddenly? Um, why did I not get to meet this person that I probably would have loved a lot, you know? Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. And one of the things I know about us as humans and as me as a person is I don't like heartbreak. 
Like I like only what's on the other side, right? I like the joy. I like the fun. But when it comes to like pain and suffering and heartbreak, I try and do everything to control Mm -hmm. that from actually happening in my life. And what, what I know is we can't actually know why everything happens. And I do have a belief that there's something greater that's sort of driving this whole machine and that we have to trust it to some extent because -hmm. because we can't control it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, those, those kinds of situations are just not fun to be with. No, it's like, what? Come on world. Like throw me a bone. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break over here. Yeah. Tell me what um, advice you have for, um, recent graduates or graduates for recent, I've just done a series that's, um, you and I are talking early part of July, you probably will get um, published in August some point. A couple students we interviewed have graduated and they're like, oh no, I don't want to do that thing that um, I studied. And what, what advice do you have for students who are graduating and sort of on their path now, trying to figure out who they are? Um, listen to the little voice inside of you that listen to that little voice inside of you that's telling you what you actually want to do and make time for it. Um, I don't do music full time, but it's something I make time for. Um, I moved to a city with intention that has a lot of art and a lot of music. Um, So that's something I can make time for and participate in. Um, And set reasonable goals for yourself. Um, So let's say you really, want to be a comic, um, but you studied like chemistry. Um, Totally, I'm sure there's a lot of comic chemists out there, (laughs) but while you're doing your day job or whatever it may be, say, okay, this month I'm going to go to one open mic. That's such an achievable, reasonable goal. Mm. Um, Or today I'm going to spend half an hour working on my stand-up set. Mm. Um, just like small, reasonable, small goal setting, achievable goal setting. Cause the minute you make these like grandiose goals for yourself, like, and they don't get achieved, you're like, well, I'm an idiot for not achieving that. It's like, well, no, you should maybe make an easier goal to check off the list. You know, I do think we make these really grandiose, grandiose ideas and then we can't achieve them. And then we don't right. try. So, so I my like goal, it. yeah, my goal when I moved here, I was like, okay, I really want to host a variety show for Halloween. And I did. And Um, I felt like an imposter the whole time and it was my first show I hosted and some things went wrong, but I did it and I've hosted shows since then that have gone better. And so um, I'm not doing music full time, um, but I am making music on a regular basis, performing it, getting my name out there, hosting music shows, hosting music comedy shows, being in comedy shows. So that's a, it's a good feeling. And so kind of taking those little wins and saying, yes, I'm working my day job. And I'm making time for my passion that I love. I mean, it, it, it doesn't have, it happens slower than you think and different than you expect is advice that was given to me. Yeah. I think that's the best advice is um, I'm going to say making it time for the joy monster, right? So making time, if you create um, a little bit of joy in your day, every day, it makes the things that you don't necessarily love to do, but you have to do in this now moment, even that much more tolerable because you know that you're giving yourself, you're feeding your joy parts just mm-hmm. as much, or at least a little bit, you have something to look forward to. I think totally. that's a great piece of advice. Great, good, I hope so. <laughs> Sometimes it can't happen all at once. No, it can't. <laughs> and you're doing it, you're doing it. So your big dream, where do you imagine yourself in five years? If you could just drop all limiting beliefs, all fears, all judgments, what would you be doing? 
I would love to be touring all around the world with my music. Um, I perform under the name Emma Jane and um, I'd love to have a great band, a big brass section um, of all people I really love. And I'd love to go around the world and share my music with people. Um, I've done a little bit of that on a very small scale. Um, I'd love to drop everything and be able to just focus on that, focus on giving really great performances and writing really great songs. I'm, I'm seeing that for you. Thank you. I hope you're having a psychic vision, unlike my, my fake psychic vision I think I have. <laughs> fake it till you make it, man. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hold that vision for you while you hold that vision for yourself every day. I'm even going to invite you to make a vision board or just like one small mantra every morning when you wake up, like just holding that belief in your mind and that thought in your mind as long as you can to feed that joy. It's going to keep you going. I know it will. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey. Thank you. This is so great. Thanks for talking with me. So fantastic. Have you heard Ellen Jenner say, be kind to one another at the end of her episodes? I love that. And I couldn't agree more. We need more kindness. But I also think what Emma says here is so vital. Start with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Figuring out who you are, facing the truth of that, figuring out how you fit into this big, wide world, trying to find your people and simply looking for that formula for your happiness can feel overwhelming. Life is full of choices and surprises and we're all stepping into the unknown each and every day. Life is about taking risks and that's scary. If we could all step into each day with a bit more kindness, a bit more compassion and empathy, knowing that we're all simply trying to figure out this thing called life, we might possibly make the journey just a bit more enjoyable. And in the end, isn't that what it's all about? Thanks for listening to University. If you liked what you heard, I'd be absolutely thrilled for you to share with a friend and equally grateful for you to pop over and rate and review on iTunes. It really helps. You can find more information and stay in touch over at university.u on Instagram or at university on Facebook. I'll look forward to seeing you there. For more information, email me at annemarie.university at gmail.com or click the link in the show notes below.